1: The Around the NFL Podcast. Blames TD for the Move the Sticks Podcast. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I'm joined by a room filled with heroes. Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What's up, boys? Hey, Dan. Ow! It's Thursday. (laughs) T-G-I-G. I I mean, (laughs) T. Something like that. Something like that. What's up? What's up, everybody? Wes back in the chair. Good to see you again, buddy. Good to be back. How are things going? How about a little Chris Wessling health update? Yeah. Maybe we'll have to cook up a sound drop for that, but for now, <laughs> just the straight up Wes update.
2: I am I am really looking forward to your cancer drop. Yeah, it's coming. <laughs> it's coming. I started uh chemo and radiation this week. Radiation is ten minutes a day every Monday through Friday. Chemo is once a week. I feel good. The medicines are, and the technology is so good now that they really, nausea is not much a factor. I think once they ramp up the treatments, I'll start to feel more, more fatigue, but uh, they want me to exercise as much as possible. I'll be playing softball with the shield tonight and Very uh, important. I feel good. I feel strong. Everything's going well. And the paramour has been by my side, taking notes, asking all the questions, recording all the doctor's meetings, been a big been a big support system for me. Here comes the bride. <laughs> she,
3: she's been an MVP. I mean, and you were—I mean, you were feeling good enough that you know you had the treatment on Tuesday. You were back in the office on a very slow OTA Wednesday yesterday. At one point, I think because of the news that was coming in, you were just like, "I, I picked the right time of year to get cancer."
2: Oh yeah, yeah. There's nothing going on.
3: <laughs> it's part of my new my new favorite genre. Wes makes
1: jokes about cancer. <laughs> Once you're, at, yeah, I mean it, it sucks. Um, I, I assume to be diagnosed with cancer, but the one positive of it is you can start just ramping out, ramping up your cancer bits, and you could say what you, whatever you want because you do, you
2: have it. Well, I like playing the cancer card. Cancer. That's card. that's been fun for me. You know, get out of a few things. Yeah. Yeah. It's, cool.
4: it's, it's been all right. You were saying the radiation, the little 10-minute treatments, that sometimes you just sit back and relax. And
2: Yeah, I put my arms behind my head because uh, the radiation is going right into my chest, and they play a little Bob Marley for 10 minutes. And wow. I, I space out, and I'm out of there.
4: You I sent think. out a photo, and Greg had a good comment on Facebook, basically, that you underneath linebacker. Getting the treatment underneath blankets looked more manly than most any of us would ever look. It just, you still somehow was, looked like a gigantic, amazing man.
3: I was speaking for myself essentially there. Uh, what?
1: Checked out. Wait, so let me just, I'm going to picture this. So you're laying back, arms above your head, tucked behind, uh, right behind your ears. I like it. Ah! All right appropriate time for that uh so there's the wes update and he's he's playing center field for the shield today we need to win two straight losses um i i took the wife to a band of horses concert last thursday and uh you know i left greg in charge and you know a sloppy loss oh <laughs> well, wow first of all that's not even accurate wes was
3: our uh acting manager and wes made a beautiful uh Kind a shoestring sliding catch out there in center field. Keep it's deflecting, it's Donald. Workout two, game,
4: lo- I, two know, game losing. I did my streak job. Streak. I did it's everyone, my job. Two game losing streak. Everyone is involved.
1: Twenty five guys, twenty five cabs. Right. I, we got a. We got This it was this time last year, by the way, that I, I tried to put it on me. I suspended David Ely uh, for skipping out of a game to watch Game One of the NBA Finals, which starts tonight. Uh, and I do have to say, if there is not a win. If we do not win tonight and we lose our third game in a row, there will be consequences uh-uh. for people on the roster. I like it. Got to shake things up. I was four
2: for four last week, Skip.
1: Well, I'm going to be watching everyone very closely. Put it that way.
2: <laughs> we do have a good luck charm today. Mama Wesley flying in from Cincinnati Whoa. getting in just before game time.
1: A little bit of pressure on you. Yeah, definitely. A little bit of pressure. When my dad came to a game a few weeks ago, and it was like my third is <laughs> that. And uh, I was, you know, focusing in on the pitcher. And then all of a sudden I hear,
2: come on, Danny, wrap it.
1: <laughs> and I, was, I was like thrown back to 1991 <laughs> uh, as an 11-year-old in Little League. Uh, so maybe your mom will be drinking wine coolers and, you know, yenting up.
2: Well, yeah, so. that's how I remember her at my games, drinking Bartles and James and, and <laughs> hanging out with the Loud Moms. Well,
1: I'll be in the stands with her, so I'll make sure she has a drink in hand. If that's Oh, very good. Needs. We got the uh, uh, erstwhile GM as well. So we're flying here. Uh, big show today. You know, it's a big show. We're bringing back the Dalton scale. Whoa. Whoa. The Dalton scale 2017,
2: uh, in which we decide who is Wes, what, who is, because I don't understand prime meridian of quarterbacks. If any Dalton is right in the middle, that means if your quarterback is ranked ahead of him, you've got a franchise quarterback. You're set. If your quarterback is ranked behind him. You need an answer. You need a solution.
1: We do this every year. This is the third year we've done it. Um, Andy Dalton was the face of mediocrity or that, that middle gray area uh, for for many years. Last year, uh, we had collectively decided Alex Smith was the, the more fitting person there. So we'll figure out who is in that spot, that prime meridian spot, and then we'll figure out who's around that spot. Who's above, who's, who's below. Who's above, who's below. Who's
3: a franchise quarterback?
1: That's the question. That is ask. the key, and that's what all teams are looking for. Uh, is a franchise quarterback, so all GMs will be tuned in very closely to this podcast, I'm sure. Also, we're going to do uh, some news, so we're going to have some fun. And uh, uh, before we get going, I want to say hi to Sully behind the glass. What's up, bud? Hi, fellers. How are you today? <laughs> Doing fellers. well. Fellers. Doing well. <laughs> I, I, what is uh, – you, you, you did a great job in the first show. Uh, Appreciate it. Taking over uh, in your Dan Campbell role for Sydney. And uh, and now Dan Campbell won his first game, if you remember.
5: Yeah. Oh, yeah. It
1: was all bro hugs and, um, you know, puffing out their chest and being all proud of themselves. And that Dolphins team then went in the tank, if you recall. Dan didn't come back. So you're looking to avoid that fate.
5: Oh, certainly. Yeah, yeah. Would. We want to keep those bro hugs going. Why, you
1: why have Bruce we already
5: Arians?
4: drawn a yeah. parallel to Dan Campbell? If that's what Dan Campbell did with the Dolphins between that coach and and Sully, that seems very ominous. That it's all downhill right. for Sully. I mean, here.
3: Sully would Sully would do so
4: well to be looking like Dan Campbell. I'm just saying, Sully. Physically. By the way, wearing more a, of a Joe Vitt. <laughs> wearing a podcast <laughs> parka today, one that we all own, but yeah. ours are adorned with the Around the NFL logo. His. Move the sticks. I was only given one.
5: <laughs> I was only given one quarter zip. It's anyway, a bit of an month.
1: allegiance issue that we're working through, but uh, I'm putting Sully's uh, professionalism above all, so I'm not yeah. concerned. I'm not
5: going to be ignored, Dan.
1: <laughs> Let's do some news.
2: Find me later, man. Find me later, man. This means everything to me. It's
1: Tack McKinley, of course, the star of the first round of the NFL draft uh, when he brought a picture of Framed... Poster of his uh, deceased grandmother uh, after being drafted at 26th overall by the Falcons. Made some more news today, which I enjoyed. Uh, he posted on Instagram a video dancing and celebrating the fact that he just went from being dirt poor to a millionaire. I like this guy. I like this Tack McKeown. Hope he can play as much as he entertains uh, in his rookie campaign, we'll see. Now, let's talk some news. And we'll start with... A big trade. Oh, it's a trade, and it's the it's the most depressing kind of trade—a trade between the Jets and the Browns, <laughs> um, as the two teams swap. Um, you know, I don't know what's a nice way to call these these two players: Demario Davis and Calvin Pryor. Uh, underachiever. One is an underachiever. Uh, Pryor, former first round pick. Demario Davis is kind of just the guy. At most. The linebacker. So you saw the rare one-for-one trade uh, with Calvin Pryor going to the Browns uh, and Damero Davis, who was a former Jet, coming back to New York. Uh, The Browns uh, later confirmed the trade agreement. And because Sashi Brown loves for people to know what Sashi Brown thinks about things. Oh, please. uh, There was a missive sent out. Sashi. By Mr. Brown. Calvin is a young, experienced safety that has upside. We are pleased to be able to add him to our defensive back room. And just like every player we acquire, we expect him to come in with a hard-working mindset, ready to compete. DeMario is a guy that we developed the utmost respect for in his time with our team, not only as a professional, but also as a person. We appreciate all he did for our organization in his time in Cleveland.
2: Sashi went to Harvard. I believe so. Sashi, it's safety who has upside, Ooh. not safety that has upside. I doubt he wrote it. I don't know.
4: Sashi, can I just say
2: something and uh, you know, keep talking.
1: Calvin Pryor is Terrible. I, I'm just got to be honest with you. He was a bad player.
3: And a it, year ago at this time, it should be pointed out, you were very high on him. Jets going to be Very good. I just want to point that out. That's you, not true, we, by the way. We we got into a little thing that you you said that you had some high you had high, high hopes yes. for Calvin Pryor.
1: I also got uh, publicly roasted by Calvin Pryor on Twitter for suggesting <laughs> that he wasn't quite a right. superstar right. at that stage of the season. He had, he had a bad year, and then he had a promising year, and then he was. Uh, the worst safety on a team with terrible safeties last year. You could check the check the tape, uh, and I just want to make the point that some of the talking, like up, oh, the Browns are making another Patriots move, taking somebody's old first round. But have fun with Calvin Pryor. Who is Lewis, who is saying? That? I, I read that in multiple places. Where? I, I mean, I, honestly,
4: that me I, I, I think this trade is exactly big, how we've framed it. Here? It's, two, it's two teams struggling to build a roster. No one is praising the Browns for getting <laughs> a safety that the Jets don't want, and no one's praising the Jets no. for getting a linebacker back that they didn't even try to re-sign. They were going to cut it's, Calvin it's a, it's a non-issue move. It's not a big deal. Both teams had a need at the position. The Browns need safeties. They'll give them a shot. Right. There's not guaranteed to make the roster. And also, if we're going to spend all this time on Sashi Brown— <laughs> and I'll I'll go work with I'll work Uh-oh. with Sully next time. But Mike McCagnin, who
1: was a glory <laughs> boy, I want everyone to know that the eyes who are was out. a
4: glory boy <laughs> about a year ago has sunk this team into the ground.
1: Oh. He is he
4: has a lot more to answer for than Sashi Brown, who has helped a crew yes. massive amount of draft picks. So you amazing
1: get- that amazing one in fifteen season, Mark. Yes, he's doing amazing work right. The, you can say that but honestly you Not don't just think the browns down. have done a nice job that's gone dang.
0: you're turning this picks? into
1: uh, like a browns versus jets i was i was certain i was just pointing out that the browns are getting a bum and the jets are getting a bum back as well well there's multiple ways
2: to frame <laughs> uh, it but there you go doesn't mark do, is there any chance that the Browns, Greg Williams sees Calvin Pryor as his new Mark Barron, where he'll, he'll be playing that hybrid linebacker safety rule.
4: I saw I saw that also, but I don't see that being true until Calvin Pryor proves anything on the field. I just think it's a low-stakes trade. Right, they, they are very thin at
3: linebacker now, but Davis didn't quite fit. They're very thin at safety. The best way I would categorize this trade is if it happened on – the fifth day of free agency or the third day of the draft, it would have not made our podcast. It would have not been big enough news exactly. yeah. to make our podcast because those were busy times.
1: Now, you know well, it's also not so busy. Oh, well, it's <laughs> Brown's Jets too. So yeah. gonna, and and now I got on I'm not, not criticizing it's I'm it's what I'm we got Mark here Sonar. on June first. I'm on yeah. Mark Sonar very early.
4: Well no uh, continue on. <laughs> it's just like if you you put all this pre production into selling the Browns down the river, the Jets are no pretty picture <laughs> either. I mean, like Mike McCagnon
1: has a lot to answer for. What? I'm the guy, I'm coming for your corner, buddy. I'm a coming for you. I am the lowest guy in the totem pole now. I'm excited no, about it Not because we're <laughs> scamming for Sam, baby. You can't have that, too. So it's not like I'm saying, oh, Mike McCacken's can't got have it all figured too. It out. Yes. I'm coming, baby. You can't have that, too. I'm not taking yet. it from you. Two you lousy have to franchises. Suffer. You have
4: to suffer through it to get it. I'm coming, baby. Wes it's has- not going to just get handed to you, Dan, in May
3: and June. Wes has never been happier with his decision to not root for an NFL team. <laughs> it's
2: like, who's, who's 31 and who's 32? <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: moving on. All right. Listen, I should have seen that coming, but I didn't, and I apologize, Mark. My GM had a horrible year too. Your GM is getting a lot of accolades. That's all, right now. <laughs> you know what? I'm not. I have nothing else to say on the matter. Moving on, Matt Jones. Whoa, what a swift fall from Matt Jones, uh, uh, the running back who was once seen as maybe the future guy uh, on the Redskins in the backfield. Uh, Mike Silver reported Thursday that Jones has been told by Coach Jay Gruden that, Gruden that he is now the team's number five running back, um, motivating at least part of the man's decision to stay away from OTAs. Uh, let's see. Who else is on that list of running backs? Rob Kelly. Uh, someone's going to help me with this one. Samashe Perrine. Samashe yeah, Perrine. Nice. Chris, Stud.
3: Might be their week one starter.
1: Chris Thompson. Mac Brown. Uh, and Keith Marshall, and speaking of Rob Kelly, known uh, by many as Fat Rob Kelly, uh, he has done some work cutting his body fat from 18% to 13% this off season. A nice little offseason trope there. Uh, and Kelly says he feels more explo- explosive, faster, blah, blah, blah. Wes, Matt Jones, are you surprised how far he's fallen in this time?
2: No, I'm not. I know Greg is, but I am not surprised. And I'm not surprised that Rob Kelly feels the need to lose some weight, and uh, he feels Samaje Perrine on his on his back because the last six games of last season, Rob Kelly averaged less than 3.3 yards per carry. Their running game, which looked strong at midseason, faltered down the stretch.
3: Samaje Perine is basically a more athletic version of Rob Kelly. Like when we did when I did that projected starter series, I put him as the starter just because I, I think they they sent a message drafting him. I'm surprised about Matt Jones. Because it is worth mentioning, he averaged 4.6 yards per carry last year in 99 carries. He broke a lot of tackles. Uh, You know, he's averaged 14 yards per catch in his career. He's made plays. He's just fumbled a lot. He didn't fumble a lot last year, really, but he, he did in a couple key spots twice in one game, and they never look back. I think it's a personal thing, and it's also a reminder that coaches lie through their teeth because Jay Gruden, the first time he didn't show up to OTAs, acted surprised, and the reporting since... And, and other whispers I've heard are that that was a total fabrication that he had met with Jay Gruden before that, and they both knew exactly what was going to happen. And he got the you know idea that he
1: basically wasn't part of the picture, and he decided, well, screw that. In, Cut me. In other running back news, the awakening is awake once more. Let's call it Awakening 5.0. <laughs> Kristen Michael has signed with the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, Michael, who spent last season with the Seahawks, he finishes the team's leading rusher, uh, and then a short stint with the Packers that didn't ultimately work out. Now he lands with the Colts. Wes, you wrote about this. Uh, You believe that if Kristen Michael is going to get a job on the first day of June, he he landed in a pretty good spot.
2: I think this was the best possible scenario for him. A backfield that desperately needs speed and playmaking ability with Frank Gore, who had basically fewer big plays than any starting running back in the NFL. Their backup running back, Robert Turbin, is one of the slowest backups in the NFL. They do have Marlon Mack, who's a rookie, but maybe they don't want to put all their marbles in that bank. So Kristen Michael's going to get a chance, I think, to make this team and to have a pretty significant role. I mean,
4: marbles the in the issue, bank. Like we've been down this road 40 to 50 times at this point with Kristen Michael, and he's been in good situations before where they've given him prime opportunities to prove that he can be a week-to-week starter and it refuses to click anywhere and it must be his ability it must be st- his ability to retain the
2: playbook and other st- and other stuff as well it's not just his athletic ability well he
3: makes mental errors
2: he misreads holes at the line of scrimmage and he's not an asset in the passing game that said it's on tape in September and early October last year he ran better than any Seattle running back
1: i Wes, you know, I I feel that you were an excellent writer and you did a very good job on this piece on NFL.com, but I will take issue with your final paragraph. After watching the Seahawks, Packers, Cowboys, and Redskins fail to unleash Michael's athletic explosiveness over the past few seasons, how about Kristen Michael? Accountability. He failed. Those teams didn't fail. They gave him a shot. and He just can't seem to stick around anywhere. Well,
2: Part of the equation is coaching and development.
1: So you think he has yet to find I think the right would, staff to to bring it out of him at this
2: point? I think he was ultimately scapegoated in Seattle last year. That Any running back with that offensive line they had early in the season and Russell Wilson not a threat to run on a high ankle sprain, no running back was going to do well. He was scapegoated, and no running back really did better than him in Seattle the rest of the so, season. Something's going on,
3: though, that didn't work with the Packers. And, uh, I mean, he's got a shot here, but I'm surprised personally that Chris Ballard and I think he just had so much to do on his wish list this year. I think if he had all the draft picks and the money of the world, he would have done a, more to upgrade the spot next to Gore. Because I, I think they like having Gore, but I think the
4: less Gore for them, probably the more effective. I also don't know, particularly know if I trust Chuck Pagano's staff over that of the Seahawks or the Cowboys or the Packers.
1: Uh, moving on. you know I have to say this about offensive linemen, uh, NFL offensive linemen. If you had to pick who you wanted to be, if you were an NFL player, maybe you wouldn't uh, pick those guys because they're kind of the grunts. They're the big dudes. They, I'm sure they do well with, with, the, with the ladies, but maybe it's, it's more fun to be a saucy quarterback or a running back or wide receiver. But I'll tell you what. You all right, Craig, by the way? What are you looking for, bud? Oh.
3: Just picking something <laughs> up. Continue on. At the, least once a show, something <laughs> like this what's
4: happens. What's going on Craig. over there?
1: Every, every show. Uh, but offensive linemen... Those guys have fun. I feel like if I wanted to uh, go out uh, for a day out or a night out, I'd probably go out with a lineman. And I bring this up because the uh, Tennessee Titans offensive line has started a tradition. I don't know how plugged in you guys are in the, the Stanley Cup Finals. Not very. Big Predators fan right here. The Preds, the Preds are in the, in the finals against the Pittsburgh Penguins right now. They're down 2-0. Things aren't looking good. But the Titans linemen have started a tradition where they all go to the game together. They wear matching jerseys. Um, they ho- hoist uh, fresh, fresh catfish in their bare hands and then slug giant beers and pour the beers down the, the gullets of the dead catfish. And the Hulk, they put, the, put them on the Jumbotron and the crowd goes nuts. That's pretty fun. I mean, stupid. <laughs> I mean, it's the. St- Mariota's there, too. He's yeah, got the,
5: the star right next to him.
1: He's doing. A, you'll notice he's very quarterback esque, right. though, in all these Face videos. The he's standing there smiling. Uh, and just because it was. It was. So he nice- doesn't down the beer? No, I have not seen him chug in any of the videos that I've seen. Uh, game three in Nashville on Saturday night. You know it's going to go off. And I Taylor Luan, who uh, is a Pro Bowl tackle, of course, for Tennessee, and he's the ringleader all, of all this. Uh, he gave an interview uh, to the local Nashville station and talked about it a little bit. Let's hear
2: uh, I knew I wanted to eat a catfish.
1: I started about two weeks before. I knew catfish was the thing. I didn't even know that until the, uh, the playoffs actually
5: start. And um, we get there, I have my catfish. Me and the boys are talking. I'm like, I'm going to crank a beer after. Crank and I was like, no, 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 Why don't we all just drink a beer? Let's all crank a beer together.
4: We're like, all right. So um, the plan was hold the catfish up, wait for the crowd to enjoy it, slam the catfish down, and then all of us cheers and just crank it. And uh, it was just good,
2: old-fashioned fun. <laughs> is this a nod to noodling? Do you know what noodling is? I don't. In Tennessee, Sully probably knows what. Yeah, you do.
5: go, you go, and uh, you're you're looking for catfish in their abodes, and you're like, oh, you, stick your, your hand hand and you stick your hand in the actual the 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 like the muddy hut of a catfish underwater and and grab yeah. it out with your hand.
1: So and you could people like lose fingers and stuff. Oh yeah, there yeah, was yeah. Like they're a, powerful. There was a show about this on some on Discovery basic cable or History or Channel. Yeah, or something, yeah. So that's where this comes from.
5: Yeah. Uh, I think where where it comes from is they're kind of adapting the Detroit octopus octopus and throwing it on. Hockey's the ice. weird, man.
1: Yeah, yeah, it is. Hockey's a weird thing.
5: Tennessee and Tennessee and up the 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 Detroit tradition is what. Are, are you
1: plugged in on the NHL finals on the Preds? Yeah, yeah, with the
5: Preds. Yeah, they're they're uh they've outplayed the the Penguins, and I think everybody would agree with me for mm. most of this series. But other than two five minute stretches, yeah. two minute five minute stretches where they just gave up a flurry of three and four. Has goals.
4: anyone on this side of the glass watched ten minutes of the NHL finals? No. Hell no. I'm tra- I'm <laughs> tracking it
1: because Damashek's so plugged in uh, with his Penguins, uh, but I I do like that Taylor Luan is all about cranking. Well, this is balls. it's I good
3: like it's good for Nashville that they're getting a taste of big time sports action uh, because listeners will remember since since our bosses won't send us uh, to the UK, we've said that they're going to send us to Nashville this year. The Around the NFL podcast on to Nashville. We're Somewhere. going there. Are we so do it? so it's a little bit of an appetizer before we show up.
4: Well, I don't believe they've signed nope. off on that yet either,
1: but no. Uh, let's uh, move on. I'm Rob Gronkowski, and welcome to My City. I know you got your own <laughs> oh, turn this up, Solly. I
4: know you got your own ways. I know there's a place like home. But I know you're gonna
5: like it in my
1: Oh, yeah. You know when this song cranking, what does it mean, Greg? Everybody Priyanka's back? <laughs> not, not quite. But we're going to talk some Thursday Night Football. And Priyanka's celebration music is necessary because Mike is going to be in the booth <laughs> on a full-time capacity. Sports Business Daily reported Wednesday that the NFL approved uh, NBC's request to allow – how silly that ever came to this – to allow Tariko. <laughs> allow Tirico, the like <laughs> borderline or arguably the best guy in the business at this, to be the play-by-play announcer for Thursday Night Football, taking uh, Al Michaels' place uh, alongside Chris Collinsworth. So Collinsworth stays on the Thursday-Sunday shift. Uh, Al Michaels is one and done as a Thursday-Sunday guy, which I think makes sense for everyone. Tirico, uh, from the time he jumped from uh, ESPN to NBC, made the most sense. Uh, for Thursday night and now Al Michaels who is in his early to mid 70s at this point can go back to just focusing on one game a week uh, a win-win for everyone and uh, especially uh, for the Tariko fans like me out there uh, <laughs> who now can guarantee to get Mike Thursday maybe the games will be crap but the guy calling them won't be how was the uh, Tariko fan Reddit board after this news <laughs> oh, <out>? blew up <laughs> It actually crashed. You're like the greedy of the uh, Reddit board. You, you're running the Reddit board. Yeah, we were not a lot of us got sleep last night, put it that way, once the news came out. So, Tarico will call Thursday Night Football. And finally. I and, love it. Yeah. I, that's it. Yeah, we are. That's uh, what they I got think, him for. Yeah, me. we've he, all.
4: You should be there for the next 25 years. I don't know if TNF should be, but it should be. Oh,
1: yeah, and I think uh, Al Michaels, we all love Al too, but, you know. You need to have a succession plan.
4: By the way, saw Bianca, if I'm not mistaken, in Baywatch. Went to see Baywatch during my vacation week. You what? Did? Yep. <laughs> you know where?
2: <laughs> you know where that was filmed, right? Tybee. Baywatch was filmed on Tybee Island.
4: That's why I went to see it. No, I because I I had ripped through a bunch of movies and it was the only one left. But wow, she played. If I'm not mistaken, I I at one point I left for like 20 minutes and was walking <laughs> around the movie theater. But like, um, it's supposed to be a wretched film. It is I, awful, but it's I've, very enjoyable if you go in realizing this may be one of the top worst movie, top five worst movies you've ever seen, and it fit that bill. Bark is full of surprises, <laughs> but rarely have I been more
3: surprised by anything coming out of his mouth than I went to see Baywatch. Our
4: house was <laughs> under construction; I had to leave for like hours at a time, and I was doing a, a week long staycation. You know, so not judging, just surprised. Yeah, it, honest,
1: honest uh, answer: how, how much did the hot babe factor? come into the decision to go to the
4: Didn't movie. hurt at all. Of course it helped me get in there. But that I will say that alone does not... You could get that anywhere. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's not a good reason to spend... I think I dropped $16 to get into the theater, too. <laughs> wow.
1: By the way, I've never... How That's how amazing. was Priyanka in the movie?
4: She plays some sort of villainess.
1: She's like the antagonist
4: in the film. Yeah. She? Wow. She's fine. It's like you've seen the same... You've seen the role 17,000, 18,000
1: times before. K. Rich once upon a time teased the possibility that we could get Priyanka in studio. Uh, but that never happened. And, and Priyanka then was one and done as the voice of Thursday Night Yeah, Friday.
3: we are the only people keeping the memory of that great <laughs>
1: song alive, and I'm proud of that. You do love that song, Greg. <laughs> Finally, uh, Des Bryant uh, at Cowboys OTAs uh, this week uh, was talking about driving fast because the Indy 500 winner, a lot of sports, a lot of different sports coming up today, uh, Takuma Sato uh, was at the practice. Greg, did I get that right? I know you have a Japanese wife. Wow.
3: Uh, I believe so. I mean, it doesn't make me uh, an expert in all pronunciation.
1: Uh, it sounds right to Takuma me. Takumo Sato. Yeah. I think I nailed it. Takuma. Anyway, Des Bryant was asked what's the fastest he's gone in a car uh, because he's a maniac. He said he went 180 miles per hour in his Bentley, got pulled over by the cops who uh, didn't even give him a ticket. We'd still be in jail if we got pulled over for going 180. I'm just curious for you guys because for me – I. I've never, I've never been that guy. You know, I, my car history is a Ford Escort into a Honda Accord, into a a, a Jetta. Uh, so I don't have uh, any high octane sports cars in my past. So once I get, if I get onto the highway and I get into the, you know, I'm feeling good. There's no traffic. All of a sudden, I'm hitting 80, and then I'm, if I creep a little bit more, I could feel it, and then I, I wimp out, and that's 85. I'd say 85, 90 is the highest I've ever gone. Highest you have, fastest you have ever driven in a car, be honest. The statue of limitations is up. Hundred and five. You got to triple digits. Once. I, I mean on a
4: this was in Kansas driving on I believe Route seventy from basically east coast all the way to Denver and there were no cars in either direction. Yeah. At all. And I, I got up there and then I looked I didn't intentionally do it. You look at the speedometer, I got my God, get down.
2: <laughs> Greg?
4: I was right in that
3: same area, similar story, driving with a friend from Massachusetts to LA back in about two thousand, two thousand one. It went over a hundred, but I don't I don't remember not much. Wes?
2: I drove a Dodge Ram pickup truck for ten years. Outside of that I've had nothing but jalopies and those cars, every single one of them would shake. Yeah, <laughs> mine shake. <laughs> they it would was... shake when you'd get up to eighty five or ninety. I think I've probably topped 90 a couple Ooh. of times, but I've definitely never been in triple figures.
3: Mine was like a 95 centra. I was a little surprised it could,
1: could handle that. So you seem like a guy that maybe – I think I might have
3: awesome. all you guys
1: beat. What do you I got? Does have Bryant beat.
5: I don't know if we what? can count it, though. What? <laughs> I've done uh, 172. <laughs> it's this not on a race track? On a racetrack, track. Not a video game. experience. It doesn't okay. really count. All right. Hey but guys, it was awesome to drive on Talladega. It was, it was sweet. I Ooh, recommend that you. experience. Yeah.
1: Uh, listen, everybody, let's save it for the White Bad Boys podcast. <laughs> Speaking of which, good job by uh, Mikael Holm on Twitter, who actually took the time to collect all of the offseason podcasts that we've teased but never recorded. Uh, some ones that stand out. Of course, the Theology podcast, which is coming. Uh, it's coming. Uh, let's see some ones that we liked: Uh The Chris Hussling Dating podcast. Uh the West Needs Money podcast. I remember that era of the show where Wes was turning each episode into an airing of his financial grievances. I enjoyed that time. Uh, Dan kind of missed that. Yeah, Dan's gullibility podcast is a good one. The I fractured like skull podcast. The
4: is the girl worth it podcast. <laughs> That's the a- the F eight function
1: podcast. I like the George Seifert podcast. Yeah, we <laughs> yeah we can do three hours on Seifert. I like, what about the Mark Freeball and podcast. <laughs>
4: Not the case anymore. <laughs> I believe we've gone nope, over that yeah, It's all
1: do. over. The greatest moments of the Godsey era podcast. <laughs> <laughs> George so many, So many great options. Uh, that's what's happening in the news. Elevate your underwear game to the next level with... MeUndies. Ah. What is MeUndies? Ah. <laughs> Just seriously soft feel-good undies delivered right to your door. Ah. MeUndies are designed in LA and made from sustainably sourced Money Modal, a fabric three times softer than cotton, meandies softer than soft undies come in an ever-changing selection of classic bold colors, bold shades, and adventurous patterns so you can tailor your undies to your own personal style, not own. And guess what? Ah. What? You can save time and money each month with a monthly subscription. And if you're not ready for a subscription, that's okay. You can still save. That's because MeUndies is offering you 20% off your first pair. Just use our special URL, MeUndies.com slash NFL2017, and get 20% off your first pair. So go ahead, revamp your underwear. drawer. you know why, Mark? Why?
4: Ah. Because you deserve it. Thank you.
1: Once again, that's MeUndies.com slash NFL2017. MeUndies.com slash NFL2017. Uh, Greg, you, um little we'll pull back the curtain, you had a meeting about the individualized offer code. How'd that go?
3: Yeah, I took the bullet for the team there. sure did. We uh, appreciate
1: it. Well, like many things in corporate culture, it is,
3: you know, being considered. We'll see. The wheels of corporate justice are cranking, trying to get us that code. That's true. It's in process. Uh, justice.
1: <laughs> justice is slow, but it will be powerful.
3: Uh, now it is time. Yes. I did tell them, you know, if they give us that code, they're going to be selling some underpants.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. But until then, eh, maybe That underpants, the underpants sales are going to go through the roof if you let us. It's in your hands. Anyway, now is the time. Yes, it's a annual tradition here at the Around the NFL podcast. The Dalton Scale 2017 edition. Huzzah! And, yes, huzzah indeed, because everybody loves talking quarterbacks, and this conversation is special because I believe, and it's always, you know, it's always been a, a bit nebulous or nebulous um, to me, uh, but at the same time, it's nebulous for a reason, uh, which is because it's a science that really breaks down who has the quarterback to take him to the promised land and who doesn't. Wes, again, a brief rundown, how this came to be and where we're at now
2: believe it started about 4 years ago 2014 when we all realized that Andy Dalton was quarterback purgatory that he could take you to the playoffs he was a facilitator he was only as good as his surrounding talent but he didn't make teammates better and the Bengals would lose their first playoff game every year so we put Andy Dalton as the primary of quarterbacks if your quarterback is ranked ahead of him you have an answer. You've got your guy. You are set with a franchise quarterback. If your quarterback is ranked behind Danny Dalton, you need a quarterback. You don't have an answer. You're th- you're running him out there every week, but you probably want to trade it for a guy or draft a guy.
1: There you go. A great explainer. And uh, in terms of the history of this podcast, so Dalton was that guy. Then Dalton had that big year, as we all know, in two thousand fifteen. Ended prematurely with the broken thumb, but he was one of the better passers in the AFC, so uh, collectively it was decided it wouldn't be right to stick him at that spot. Maybe he'd moved up a little bit, and we all decided collectively that Alex Smith was the new prime meridian. And um, so I guess the good way to start here, and we'll start with you, Mark, is who... Should we install as that prime meridian figure? And then we could work our way both backwards and forwards around that figure. And, uh, Mark, do you want to maybe make the case for Alex Smith remaining that man?
4: I will make the case for Alex Smith because I, I don't know what has changed with Alex Smith over the last year to change my impression of him. Uh, as we mentioned on our NFL Network hit, the guy is 2-4 and four in the playoffs. He has proven over and over that he's good enough to get your team. He can, he can serviceably get your team to the playoffs. He's not going to shred that opportunity he Can get you there, but then it all starts to crumble. And Alex Smith to me is just, he's extremely milquetoast. And the chiefs the Chiefs have made it very clear that they have come to the conclusion that is exactly the same. They traded up to draft Patrick Mahomes that needs work, of course, but he offers a skill set that is a counter, complete counter to Alex Smith's and they want to go in a different direction. And it, that, to me, tells you Alex Smith is out sooner than later in Kansas City.
2: Yeah, I think you have to consider Alex Smith below the Dalton scale now. The Chiefs have told us he's not a franchise quarterback. Mm. I agree. When when Aaron Rodgers fell to the Packers and they had Brett Favre, they took him because he was the best player on the board. The Chiefs gave away an extra first-round pick, traded way up to get Patrick <laughs> Mahomes, and that's a much different story.
3: Right, even if – Smith is sort of right near the line. I think that move really says the Chiefs believe he's below the line. And when you start to do the numbers and what we can talk about Andy Dalton, when you start to just line up all these players, in my mind, it's unfair to have Dalton as the middle. But then you think about who are the guys you would rather have and the guys that you wouldn't. And you know what? It still works out pretty even. Uh, I... Did a list of who who I would want as my quarterback moving forward, and Andy Dalton landed right smack in the middle of starting quarterbacks number sixteen. Now he's better than the number sixteen quarterback used to be, but the the quality of play at quarterback and their numbers are just at a different level. That actually, like you would rather have Marcus Mariota more than him, wouldn't you, Dan? Yeah, Dak Prescott, Matthew Stafford, Jameis Woods. I mean, those are the guys that are kind of in the 10 to 15 level. And then there's Dalton back right where he should be. It's back to the Dalton scale.
1: <laughs> all right. A couple of things. First of all, ahead, calm down a little bit. Um, although we do appreciate your enthusiasm. I think it's a little bit unfair. I thought Dalton got kind of hosed. Uh, by his own team last year, which did not do a nice job uh, building around him, letting two of uh, two contributors go, Tyler Eifert being hurt at the Pro Bowl did not help him at all. So I don't think like Ty- I think Andy Dalton kind of elevated his game to the next level with MeUndies, uh <laughs> two years ago, and then ah! last year he kind of got banged by his surroundings a little bit. Uh, and then this year, I expect him to kind of be close to that 2015 guy. So I think he's on the right side, in my opinion. I want to go back to Alex Smith one second here. Um, have you guys heard Patrick Mahomes yet? Oh, uh,
5: yeah. I mean, just really diving into the playbook, getting up to speed on trying to catch up to where these guys are. And, uh, <laughs> really just going through the motions, learning from mistakes, and getting better every rep. I don't know if it's if I'm that far away. It's just more about I just got to keep working, keep getting better. I mean, these veterans are guys who've been around the league, been in the league, and are, have been very successful. That, so
1: in order to right, be Pat, like them, i got to really Pat, got go as hard as they do. Uh, does, does that change how you guys feel at all about Patrick?
2: <laughs> I feel like I've had beers with him at Huckapoo's. I <laughs> definitely know that voice from someone. How many
1: Pro Bowl quarterbacks came out of Huckapoo's? <laughs> None. He's, he's definitely a man
3: where you – See him step to the podium, and when the voice that comes out of his mouth comes out of his mouth, gets—it's like it's surprising. It takes you <laughs> so aback. Doesn't match.
1: So I—I I think Alex Smith is still Alex Smith. He's—he's he's more Alex Smith than he's ever been. So I'm—I'm I'm with Mark on this, and you guys are more in the camp of Dalton returning to his roots, which I can get by. I don't want to uh, deadlock this thing because it's. Frankly, it's easier to call it the Dalton scale when Dalton's the guy in the middle. Well, I've never taken Dalton out of <laughs> West. Never bought this. I beli- No, I was listening to our podcast last year, and you did state that his performance last year changed your feeling on him a little bit.
2: It did. I think I still ranked him 16th, though. <laughs> I would right, say, th- how about
4: if we called it at, sun- it's at any point, if Andy Dalton left to become an accountant, we called it the Smith scale. It's the most boring last right. name, right at the most area where you cannot possibly be an exciting. Well, we thought about calling the it transfer. the Tana scale, too. Right
3: here, The problem with Alex Smith, first of all, he didn't play as well last year as he had the f- previous two or three years. I think he played at a lower level. And I've got him about 20th among uh starters and that team that seems like too low to be the Daltons they
1: also then they go twelve i know twelve around. and four is not necessarily all because of the quarterback, but you know he was the quarterback for a team that won the a f c west and you know yeah
3: but i, I think he would i think he would admit he did not play
1: as well personal individually
3: as he did in 2015 or 2015:
4: That's the same paradigm, though, as Dalton. where When he had a good team around him, they go to the playoffs, they right. go 11-5, 10-6, and, and, and he's not the reason alone that they were. He's not going to be the reason that, why they're 6-10 and 10 I mean, to, to me, the one other real logical guy, and it's the guy I
3: couldn't decide whether to rank Dalton over or below, is Kirk Cousins, who's basically East Coast Andy Dalton. And I think if you put Andy Dalton on the Redskins, he would put up numbers like Kirk Cousins. And I think you mentioned how Dalton kind of went up and down based on his surrounding cast, and I think that's the kind of quarterback okay. Cousins
1: is. How about this for a compromise? I'm all down with putting Dalton right there, reinstalling him, as long as we're okay putting Alex Smith as the first guy on either side.
2: No, I have Alex Smith. I think the trade the trade changes everything. Alex Smith is not a franchise quarterback. So, to me, he's below guys like Joe Flacco. Whoa. I have Flacco below Dalton, but I could see an argument for either side because Flacco has not played well the past couple of years, but he's also his – like. Dalton, his surrounding town, has gone downhill. And as soon as you want to rank Dalton ahead of Flacco, you remember Flacco's postseason success.
1: Well, you're going to have Eli at 33 on this list, and he is too... Eli is one of
2: those... Eli's postseason record is not nearly as good as people think it is. All right, I'm going to... Now, I will... Okay. He's he's had two uh, two Super Bowl runs in every other playoff appearance. He's been terrible.
1: Do you know, do you understand what a Super Bowl run is to to go through the playoffs but, and go 4 and 0 two separate years? What, I do, years. but that doesn't thing, render
2: useless all other data involving Eli Manning well, in the playoffs. One thing
3: we can agree on though is the Dalton scale is a snapshot in time. So Eli's had his time. And Wes and I, at least, I think are in agreement that he is not where he was. He was significantly worse last year, and I, and that's why it was not hard for me to rank him below Dalton here on the Dalton scale. I think they need another franchise
1: quarterback. I think this is the year uh, that Eli, to me, enters that. I know he's been there for you guys earlier than this, coming off that bad year. What is How is he going to react to that with a better cast around him? The Giants are good enough to win games in the playoffs this year, and if they don't and Eli plays poorly again, I think he's on the wrong side of this. I think he's in that con- – I still think he's on the right side of this prime meridian, but now he's closer than ever to the middle. For me, anyway, I'd put him Fair. right next to um, Andy Dalton right now at this point in that area. That's where I have – where do you got him? Mark?
4: I'd put him higher too. I mean, you in, – and in I, I think there's two of us in this room that are probably – or more on the Manning side of things, but you have Eli Manning one spot – Above Jared Goff. I found the, your, your placement of Jared Goff at 24, one spot above Tyrod Taylor. Well get sued Taylor. for that, Wes. Well, no, I, I, and, and maybe you're, you're thinking that we didn't get a full picture of him last year. And I also look at Carson Wentz, who, you know, he has his faults too, but he's two spots below Andy Dalton. Where I get caught up is that if I were to create my own team, I would quickly... Take a shot on Carson Wentz as my quarterback over Andy Dalton, or not, I wouldn't go much higher on this list, but he would be above the Andy Dalton scale for me based on the potential.
2: Well, I, I believe that for three years running, that same logic killed us with Blake Bortles.
4: You're right. But at the
2: same time, I, I just it's, it's I, I don't. Tough you, to, car, you, if, until if Carson below, Wentz fixes his obvious mechanical flaws, I cannot put him above Andy Dalton.
4: And it is a snapshot in time. But if the definition is that anyone under under below Andy Dalton, that GM, that team needs to go and find a quarterback. It gets tricky with someone like Carson Wentz yes. when they sold so many draft picks to go get Wentz. If there's
3: it, any flaw in the Dalton scale, it is those young ascending quarterbacks that you haven't seen do it yet. Because you're right, I had Wentz below it too, but he he is he's not a guy that you're looking to draft another player. Ahead. But
2: he's also not a franchise quarterback yet. He hasn't
3: proven yet. I think I don't think we've seen yet that
2: he's gonna be. He as was good one as we of hoped. the worst quarterbacks in the NFL from mid October through the end of the. You're season. right,
4: and we also asked too much. It's I think we all have learned that we don't want to define what a quarterback is after one year. Oh. We did that with Derek Carr in some cases. We did that with Blake Bortles. We've all been on the wrong side of the fence with some of this stuff. And some of these guys are just... you, you have, Or even after
3: two or three years. Right, I mean, literally right. a year ago, I did that the QB index year-end in rankings. I went back and looked. I had Blake Bortles ahead of Matt Ryan that year after his good year. I think I had him 14th and Ryan 15th. So a year ago at this time, Bortles, I think, would have been above it. And uh, that was a misfire. I think
1: that... See, you called it a flaw potentially, Greg. I, I see it as it makes sense that they should be lower on the list until they, they prove that they should yeah. be above that threshold. So... Uh, Hypothetically, a guy like Carson Wentz, who, Wes, you have him at 18 here, even despite some of his struggles in the back half of that season, he showed a lot of growth to get into this neighborhood now, and now we'll see if he takes the next step to get over the hump at 16. And then you, and the Eagles, you're feeling great, because after year two, you, you have a franchise quarterback, for sure. But we're not sure yet. See, him being no. there says, we're not sure yet, but – it's promising because he's 18. See, it all checks
2: it would be, out. It would
1: be wrong to say you're sure, so I get why he's below Dalton.
2: So to answer your Jared Goff question, he gets a mulligan for last year. We don't know who he is. He had one of the worst offensive coaching staffs we've seen in a long time with no quarterback guru on the staff, uh, soft offensive line, no running game, bad receivers. I, I said all year, Dan, if you remember, he wasn't ready to play. They shouldn't play him. Yep. He was terrible as a rookie, but I think he gets a mulligan. So I ranked him right above all the guys who nobody wants. That Tyrod Taylor, nobody wanted him, because he has limitations.
3: Yeah, but that's that's assuming they know what that that they're doing. I mean the NFL misevaluates quarterbacks all the time, as we do. That's why players get drafted in bad spots. I don't I don't get caught up too much. I have Taylor way ahead of Goff, but it doesn't matter. They're not that close really to the Dalton scale. the The one thing with Goff, though, that gets me is like we're we're kind of moving the goalposts here for a number one overall pick. Like I I agree, he should be given uh, mostly a pass for his rookie season, considering everything around him. But he's also the number one pick in the draft, and we weren't we weren't just hoping that Cam Newton would be passable in his second year. Like, if he is just passable, if he's okay, everyone's going to feel great about Jared Goff. That's not how he felt That's about Andrew Luck. Th- That's not how he felt about Marcus Mariota, who had no weapons around him as a rookie. Like, this is a guy you should be able to improve some of your
1: teammates a little bit. Different types of level. prospects, though. Just yeah. because you're a number one pick doesn't mean you're the same Cam Newton was not the same as Andrew Luck and who's not the same as Jared Goff. Some of this is the f- failure of the draft industrial complex that Jared sure. Goff even went number one in the first place. Yeah, and I, am, I, I am
4: fundamentally concerned about someone, and I, uh, this is not a football issue. You don't know what side of the sky the sun rises. There's something happening with you as a person. I would never <laughs> put that person this high on any list.
1: So you're putting that hard knocks uh, stumble as a major disqualifier potentially. It's, it's much
4: more drastic than uh, Tannehill not knowing the divisions and how all the divisions lay out, which was also concerning to me, but that's more of we're all plugged into that. He's maybe not. Maybe that is, that's something about his focus. How focused are you on life if you don't know where the sun rises will, at age 20-something? I will counter. Uh-huh.
1: If you went through the Hall of Fame quarterbacks, the living Hall of Fame quarterbacks, you might be surprised how many of those quarterbacks <laughs> don't know where the sun rises.
5: At
4: the end of their lives, yes. What are
1: you saying about quarterbacks? <laughs> I'm saying at their respective I mean, primes. have you ever
4: have you ever mowed the lawn? Have you ever walked through a park you can't tell where the sun is setting or rising? What? That gets Ma- Mark, that you gets have, like
1: you tell time by a sundial? You're really plugged in on this. Stuff. I
4: mean, I if, if if I have any friends that do not know where the sun rises and sets, I don't think that I'd have to sit down and think about the friendship.
1: All right, West, by the way, on your list you have Carson Palmer at 20 and, you know this Eli stuff sticks in my craw. Carson Palmer is a noted uh, playoff choke artist and a guy that really stumbled in his age 38 season, and there's a lot of reason to think that he is not nearly the guy he was three years ago, that uh, you have him considerably higher than Eli. Um, why is that?
2: Well, he's, what, a year and a half removed from finishing second in the MVP race? He played really well down the stretch last played year. well. As Eli Manning was uh, face-planting and ruining the Giants' season. Carson Palmer is a better quarterback than Eli Manning. That's why I have him higher.
3: But, but he is below the Dalton line, which I think makes sense because I think you saw last year, he's going up and down with what's happening around him. If he does not have protection, he is not someone who's going to survive, which is true of a lot of quarterbacks, but he is a guy that you, you no longer feel is the guy that they
2: need well, to get another. The only reason I have him below Dalton is because he has flirted with retirement and he's year to year at this point so you can't consider him a franchise quarterback
4: and there was a lot of heat around the fact that the cardinals also were very interested in Patrick Mahomes i had
3: a i have him as the quarterback directly below the dalton scale that's where i have Carson, him. Carson palmer yeah he's <laughs> the first one that gets cut
1: so you okay so and Wes has kirk cousins uh excuse me not kirk cousins joe flacco in that same spot i have palmer then flacco yeah uh Mark, who would you put as the first guy, kind of below Andy Dalton? Although you think it's Alex Smith, I mean. yeah,
4: I think I would, I, I would flip flop. Dalton, I would maybe put yeah. Dalton below Alex Smith. I
1: would be the, that would be the same place I would go with it. Well,
2: you guys think Alex Smith is a better player than Dalton? Is that what you're saying?
1: No, I think I think Dalton is well. Let me put they're it kind this of way. like the same thing. I guess that's the I thing. Kind of To me, the same way. They, they better really? be,
4: they better be touching each other, and I put Kirk Cousins above both of them.
3: I think Dalton can be uh, considerably better, and yeah, Cousins was the one I was going to ask you guys how you're feeling about old Kirkie these days because he's to me and him and Dalton are the same guy. Alex Smith to me is is a tier, is pretty significantly below that, and those two guys are are to me the whole. They are this exercise. They are that.
1: I feel like if you have, you should have. If your if your list is making sense, it makes sense for Kirk Cousins to be in that 14 to 18 area. Yeah, I feel like you know he's. Yep. And this is a big year for him. And the only thing you could say about it's been a very weird contract uh, situation the way it's played out in, in D.C. with Kirk Cousins. But if the Redskins, for instance, were all about the Dalton scale, this is exactly how you would want to play it, kind of taking this thing year by year and trying to figure out who this guy is. Uh, and they, now they get another year to kind of figure it out. Well, it seems it like
4: that's exactly how they're playing it. And, yeah. and maybe to their credit, unless it blows up in their face. They, I think they they share
3: that view, or else they would have acted differently over the last few years. They seem pretty willing to roll the dice and, and walk, watch him walk away or possibly even trade him away a year from now.
2: Well, it, I think Jay Gruden sees him as his Andy Dalton. Yeah. And if Jay Gruden was running that front office, he'd be signed already, but he's not running that front office.
3: How about Dak Prescott, just fourth-round rookie, jumping right over the Dalton... Dalton line unlike most rookies right in his first season he deserves it right I agree
1: I mean I agree everything that he did saying, year, how about it but it does again it's more like a football thing rather than a flaw on this list it, it shows you how much having an amazing supporting cast can make a quarterback look better or perform better if Dak Prescott switched places with Carson Wentz I'm not saying Wentz would have performed as well but I don't think Dak pre- Prescott is on the right side of this yet.
4: But the Cowboys, just like the Chiefs in reverse, the Cowboys told you what they thought by letting Tony Romo drift off. Exactly. And I I think Dak,
3: like, for instance, Jared Goff, you know, we're giving him a pass. I think we saw enough out of Jared Goff to say if he had been put in that situation in Dallas, things would not have gone as well as they went with Dak Prescott. I mean, you can still make evaluations on whether guys are processing things because he's not accurate because he – he really. Oh, I'm sorry. I misunderstood.
1: Did you say Tony Romo?
3: No, I was saying Goff. Oh, that Goff, Goff sorry. Was yes. somehow okay, in Dallas, then, then it wouldn't work
1: out. Okay. Sorry, Greg. I just misunderstood you for a second. I thought <laughs> no, you said something else, and I was going to take him to task on this. And then I said, wait a second. Did I hear him right? And it turns out I didn't. <laughs> 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 Thank you for taking us through your thought process. Alright, in the bottom ten uh, Mark, do you have a thirty two? Did you do a thirty two too? Or am I just going off Wes and uh, uh I Greg? did not produce one. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. So probably to the viewers' delight. Greg, <laughs> Greg- <laughs> this is on T V. Uh oh, Greg-, <laughs> Greg and Wes in your respective bottom tens, uh who's the guy that would surprise you the least to jump onto the right side of the Prime Meridian here? Ooh in 2018
2: uh it's between Trevor Simeon and Blake Bortles if Bortles could ever fix his mechanics and I am no longer holding out hope
1: you have 26 and 27 those two guys Bortles and Simeon in that order. yeah
2: I am not holding out hope for Bortles anymore I have given up the ghost but he has the tools if he can ever fix his mechanics Trevor Simeon I liked almost everything I saw out of him last year I just don't know if he's talented enough we'll see
3: Barely sneaking into my bottom 10 there was uh, Sam Bradford and it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me with some improved protection uh, that he puts together. If he puts together the quality of play that he did a year ago again, then to me he's he's kind of proven that he is a reliable middle tier but solid franchise quarterback. The only reason I still had him so low is that it was the best season of his career. And he's been in the NFL a long time. He's played a long time, so I want to see him. I want to see him do it again.
2: He outplayed Andy Dalton with, uh, you know, Dalton had a bad offensive line. Sam Bradford had one of the worst offensive lines I've ever seen.
3: I think that's fair, but you have you have Bradford below your Dalton scale as well. I do.
2: Right? I have him nineteenth, and he would be higher if not for his injury history.
1: Makes sense. I feel like Sam Bradford is exactly where he should be, the place he always <laughs> yeah. was and always will be, like right around 20 on this list. Dan's never bought into the Bradford Renaissance. Uh, well, he was he was very good last year, but still at the end of the day, what was he? He was a quarterback uh, that lorded over a deeply mediocre team. It wasn't all his fault, obviously, but is he ever going to be a guy that's you're going to build a franchise around at this stage if it hasn't happened yet? Eh. Still pretty young.
3: Uh, I, mean, I mean, guys like thirty at this point. Yeah, I got you. But guys like Rich Gannon, we we've seen quarterbacks as you they think get older have has a couple, that in him potentially. Trent uh, Green, that yeah, that if he got in the perfect, it it is tough quarterback to take to separate him from the team. But if he got a perfect situation like a Trent Green, like a Rich Gannon, could he make right. that sort of development late in his career? Maybe.
1: Forget sandwiches. I will. Uh, you could sign over your car payments and your monthly rentals uh, at your home in Santa Monica. If Sam Bradford ever wins the MVP and/or takes his team to the Super Bowl, but take him up on that. Yeah. Okay. What do I give up What's uh, the no, counter? Nothing. <laughs> nothing.
4: I mean,
3: MVP MVP ain't happening. Going to the Super Bowl. I mean, some bad quarterbacks have made it to the Super Bowl. Rex Grossman made it to the Super Bowl. I, I, Daddy likes that one. <laughs> you never know. I mean, that that Vikings that's, front seven. Who knows? That's possible. Yeah, that's
4: possible. good luck. Good luck. Can you imagine, Dan, out. if you had to go home one night and explain to your wife, <laughs> yeah, and at that point, your children, who are, would, be, would be aware of this, that you have taken on a financial burden that will sink your household for a thousand years. Even is, better,
5: what if, what if the Vikings start making a
3: run? Right, this is, this <laughs> like is on. They're making the playoffs.
5: This is recorded.
4: Know? Yeah, it's fine.
3: And you pick the wrong, like, you know, that if you bad. did this with Wes or Mark, they'd be like, ah, ha, 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 you can take me out for some drinks now.
1: I I want that. Oh, I I want that rent money. That's happening. I know this on the record payments. I know this, uh, you know, scratches an itch for you, Greg. So (laughs) uh, I have no problem with it. Now, I will say if it ever did happen, if you turned out to be the the subject of a, a Dateline episode, don't be surprised if I had to make the problem go away. You know what, <laughs> what does that even mean? That means
4: you'd be you'd be the subject, but you wouldn't be watching it because you'd be deep below the earth. Yeah, put it this way. You wouldn't be interviewed, but you
1: would be... One of I the got nothing to out. hide. Well, he wants to hide something. It would be you. What I'm trying, I'd kill you, Greg. I'd murder okay. you if I had to. <laughs> if you stood between, between me and taking care uh, of my family, I'd have to probably kill you. I thought you were trying to entrap me <laughs> in some sort of... Uh, no, but that's a good like- idea, too. That's, I could entrap you. Well, you've, you've
4: already hatched the plan on a public podcast, <laughs> yeah. so you've entrapped so we, yourself. We should,
1: we should edit this part out <laughs> just in case I need to unfurl some type of scheme. Right, right. Yeah. Cut it out.
3: Where would you guys put uh, Ryan – do you guys think that Ryan Tannehill – I I feel like I'm speaking to the wrong room for this, but I think it, if we were talking to a lot of NFL people, there would be some that would make the case for Ryan Tannehill to no. be above the Dalton
1: scale at this no. point.
2: no. Why, uh, why do you do this every offseason?
1: Uh, all the Dolphins fans are starting to get riled up. Everybody calm down. Let's hear out Wes.
2: No, every off season, people want to act like Ryan Tannehill's much better than he is. He and played then-
1: better last year. I think that's fair to say. The,
3: the end stretch with Gase was the best stretch of his career, I think, his last six, seven games last year
1: before he got hurt. I'm not big on closing season stretches. Then he got hurt. Wildly played up in the uh upcoming season. Oh, that I re- a I lot.
2: Re- I remember Jamarcus Russell's wild closing stretch and everybody was convinced. Uh, how about was- the, the Geno Smith closing stretch that had Greg doing cartwheels? Well he for hasn't two played years. since well, a, lot oh, has wheel- still so, doing a lot of weird
4: stuff is happening at the end of any NFL season too. But I think here's what, that was Tana- mid season. He just got hurt week fourteen or whatever it was. I guess I think it's it's a snapshot of Tannehill. He'd be higher than he would have been maybe in other periods in his career. But if it's if you're thinking about Tannehill, the overall product, I think he's right where he should be. I I have him 19th, and I think he is
3: among the guys below the Dalton scale. For me, like Flacco, that would have a good chance to jump above because I think.
2: But you say that every year.
3: But I this is the first time he's had a, a competent coordinator for the second straight year. He certainly got better talent uh, around him. If he doesn't do it now, there are no excuses. But I think you can look at Mike Sherman and Joe Philbin and and what's been going on with the offensive line and and make some excuses for it.
4: I think that's what we... When Andy Dalton took the team to 8-0 or whatever and he was playing at an MVP level, it was in a world where everything around him was perfect for the most part, and we got the prime version of Andy Dalton, a version that I think would have argued for him not to be in this spot again if that play had continued ever again, not close to it. But if you look at Tannehill, we're projecting that. He has to do it. We can't just say everything needs to be perfect around Tannehill, then he'll rise above Dalton.
2: It's no coincidence that this sequence that Greg is talking about, also it is also when they started to run their offense through Jay Ajayi.
3: Yep. But he, ran, he one thing Tannehill did last year, and he should be given credit because he got picked on a lot for it, was he threw the ball deep well. Period, and that was one of maybe the biggest weakness that he had. Ended up averaging seven point seven yards per attempt. Like, can you do he, it again? Yeah, he showed some progress. That's all I'm saying. He's been around for a while.
2: I can't. I, like I, I, I can't I've keep track this. of Greg's Tannehill love scale. It seems to come and go. <laughs> It, it, sometimes
1: it's stronger than others. I, I remember it was very, very strong entering uh, that Dan Campbell season. I, I'd sort of lost faded. hope going
3: into last year.
1: Yeah, now, now I'm and now you're, it's getting back. You yeah, regretted
2: back. bailing on him.
1: Yeah, a little bit. Mm. Well, it's not too late. <laughs> not too late. Uh, I think he's, he's perfect right where he is hanging out around Sam Bradford, but we'll see. Maybe he does make the leap uh, for good for you, Greg, which would be bad news for your football team, but you don't really care anymore. I care if
3: you know. I if Ryan Tannehill gets in the way of them in the playoffs or anything
1: like that. That crush him like a grape. I mean, all credit to him. I'm not expecting that to happen. (laughs) Um, anything else we want to discuss? We, I guess we, because I like I like to come out of this with us all being on the same page. But there's no reason to force it either. Uh, but where some of us believe Alex Smith is, some of us believe uh, that Andy Dalton is the prime meridian. Uh, But in general, I think the bigger takeaway is who is in that realm and who's going to fall back, who's going to jump over, and that's what we've really dug in on here.
3: And I I think we haven't talked a lot about the guys that are above the line because it feels like this year more than others – that they're kind of no-doubters. Like, Stafford is a no-doubter now. Cam, of course, is a no-doubter. I think Mariota and
1: Winston at this point are, are no-doubters. All right, yeah, let's do this. Uh, earlier, we, we looked at the bottom ten. Who in your boys' top ten quarterbacks uh, stands the greatest chance to drop below uh, the Dalton line in 2018? Ooh, this was where it could get a little testy.
2: Well, I have Stafford and Newton 9 and 10. I'd say they're the most likely. Stafford, I mean, he's in an offense where they throw quick, short passes. I does that really use his skill set the most? I don't know. And Newton had one of the least accurate stretches we've seen down the stretch last year. He was playing through a shoulder injury, but I don't know. I think We'll see what Cam Newton does this year.
3: Yeah, Cam would be my choice, and I – I love Cam. I love watching him. I don't think it's going to happen yet. They want to change the offense. He's coming up a shoulder surgery, and you look at the last his last three seasons. I think it's universally agreed not a top ten quarterback in 2014, MVP in 2015, not a top ten quarterback in 2016. That what is he, a but. That's a crazy career do do thing. Yeah. So, so could he, if he struggled again, if he had another bad season, is that going to change the way we think about Newton? Yeah, you know, I guess it, I guess it would, because that would I, be I would, three out of four years.
4: I would go with Stafford and Newton, because I think they'll both be leapfrogged by Mariota and Winston, and and honestly, I could see Phillip Rivers getting back up into the top 10 with, with, with that. With Not that top team. 10. I'm talking that will
1: drop out of the top 10 well, that would, beyond that would, the I'm top 16. I'm dis- saying that
4: would displace them. To go out of the 16, Stafford yeah. for me.
1: Yeah, I'm with you on that. Huh. Just because, obviously, he's had great moments all throughout his career, but could I see him regressing a little bit? Has he has he peaked as a player? It's, it's possible. Uh, I, I got a bad taste in my mouth, too, that, that playoff loss to the Seahawks. I feel like I'm, I'm kind of sick of Matt Stafford after that game. I, I'm
3: sick of the whole Matt Stafford. Also, I really was impressed by the way he played. I think he played in a way that convinced me that he's going to have a really nice back end of his career, that he kind of is a very steady. He, he was not their problem. He's the one carrying I don't la, think last the last year. Problem. But I think
4: in the past he's been very up and down. Last year he was not up and down to me. It's just that looking at Wes's top ten over here, I don't see like a total phony hanging out in there. It's no, that's, that's an, an automatic no. to drop. It's
2: tough. I think when you, when you look at the breadth of Matthew Stafford's career, the one thing that jumps out is his total inability to beat good teams. Yeah,
4: that's and true. that's a trait of I think that's a trait of the Dalton scale-esque issues is that for me, that's part of it. And Stafford has been there and he's been this physically gifted player the whole time. And yet, how many huge wins
1: do you remember? And and finally, just a little cute note here. My favorite little rivalry between my boys. Uh, Wes has uh, Marcus Wim- Mar- Mariota one spot ahead of Jameis Winston. <laughs> And Greg has Jameis Winston one spot ahead of Marcus Mariota.
2: You guys are so cute. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I didn't waffle on that one at all. Mariota clearly the choice. To... <laughs> well, I mean, it's not
3: like you have them too, too, uh, too far apart there. That is funny. We didn't see our lists obviously separate.
1: All right, there you go. That is uh, our Dalton scale conversation for 2017. Finally, a little bit of uh, breaking news here, and and to do that, yes, we're going to the Ravens' nest. <laughs> Hit me again. Not good news. Uh, Ravens cornerback Tavon Young suffered a torn ACL at OTAs. uh, Expected to uh, miss most of, or uh, if not the entire 2017 season. Uh, Was a nice player in the slot for them as a rookie. Uh, No official word out yet. But tough times in the Ravens' nest today.
3: I, I really was impressed by him as a rookie. He was such a tough player. But they are about as deep at cornerback as, as any team in football, which is surprising to say about the, the Ravens. They have Jimmy Smith, their first-round pick Marlon Humphrey, and Brandon Carr still three pretty solid cornerbacks. So if if they were going to take a, a bad injury at a position, I guess
1: cornerback would be the one to do it. You guys ready to hop out of the nest? <laughs> it's a rare, oh, rare, yeah, yeah. rare late visit to the nest. Sometimes you're in, sometimes you're out. It's time to hop out of that nest. All right. It's time to end the Around the NFL podcast. we got a big softball game to prepare for. No more work. Only focus on an important game. And I, I will say it again. I say this with peace and love. Heads will roll <laughs> if we do not prevail tonight. <laughs> the pressure is on.
2: How many jobs are on the line in this game?
1: I don't want to put a number on it because I don't want people. Listen, I want people looking over their shoulders uh, during this game. <laughs> but I don't want them to be in an outright panic where they're they're counting numbers and saying, looking at the box score. Who's doing better? Do I have to stay above this guy? But just know Skip's watching very closely.
4: Half the, right, three, half, you're out. Half the team is in Europe. I mean, right. how are you going to contact <laughs> one of these vacationers if it's them that gets axed?
1: Uh, we should have close to a full squad today, actually. One so. one thing you should like,
3: uh, or not like, but at least take comfort in, uh, the uh, the arc of the team. It's somewhat similar. It's even early in the process to last year's team, right? You guys had some ups and downs. You were saying you were seven and seven
1: at one point. Each, uh, with all due respect, Greg. Each season is its own thing. So I'm not going to say, oh, just because right. we sucked it up for a portion of the regular season last year, it's okay that's happening this year. No, I expect more from this team this year, coming sure. off our season, and I haven't liked what I've seen in the last couple of weeks. Some of the uh, some of the playing and, and some of the attitudes, uh, quite frankly. Uh, and, and if I have to make a move, I have to make a move. So well, what I, happens.
4: I don't want to get on your radar, but what if someone raises the issue that yeah. you were not at the last game?
1: <laughs> well, I put family above softball. All right. I this isn't about that. everyone can miss a game here and there. Okay. That's fine. That's not the issue. It's and the it's attitude. Not, it's when you're on the field, what are you doing for me? In fact, mm. me missing a game shouldn't be the end of the world because we have a lot of guys. My problem is I got a lot of guys. But do I got a lot of guys that can play? And I'm going to make some decisions based on what I see today.
2: I have taken copious scattering reports the last few weeks, and I am ready to contribute to this discussion in Uh, any way you need.
1: Wes, you know, as my Don Slimmer, as my consigliere, we always uh, discuss any huge moves, uh, and that will happen again. Uh, So good luck, Greg, in today's game. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, Greg. No, Greg, you've done very well this season. I just want to make that clear. Uh, <laughs> but it's more I'm watching the entire team. Okay. <laughs> That's it. Uh, we'll be back. I mean, I'm out here sacrificing for this team. I see a, a gnarly, bloody picture of your oh, yeah. leg, Greg. Greg's earned his keep. Uh, we'll be back on Tuesday with another episode of the Around the NFL podcast. Dan Hanson signing off for the Sizzler, the Mailman, the Boston. Sully behind the glass till Tuesday.